Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy National Broadcasting Company presents Transcribe the Magnificent Montague, starring Marty Woolley. <laughs> Edwin the Magnificent Montague, for the first time in his swashbuckling career, is living in fear. Mortal fear that his old theatrical friends of the Proscenium Club will find out his dark secret that he, Montague, the giant of the Shakespearean stage, is now Uncle Goodhart, hero of an afternoon radio program. Especially now, since the Proscenium Club is honoring Edwin with a silver jubilee dinner for his 25 years in the theater. It is morning in the Montague apartment. His wife, Lily, and Agnes the maid are up waiting for Montague to arise. Agnes? Agnes! What is it, honey? Did you get Edwin's full dress suit out of the trunk? He'll be wearing it at his Silver Jubilee tonight. I got the suit out. I was just reading one of the newspapers the suit was wrapped in. One of the newspapers? Yeah, here. Look at the headline. Roosevelt sworn in as president. <laughs> Roosevelt. Imagine the last time he wore that suit. Listen to the article. In an impressive ceremony at the White House, Theodore Roosevelt took the oath of office. <laughs> Agnes, look. There are no mothballs in the suit. Are you kidding? This suit was put away before there were moths. Ah, <laughs> oh, Agnes, how time flies. Every Shakespearean actor in New York will be at the proscenium club tonight to honor Edwin. What a stockpile of ham. <laughs> Just imagine. Every distinguished actor on Broadway at that dinner. For Edwin. And a free meal. <laughs> Agnes, it'll be thrilling. After dinner, everybody will file into the ballroom. And then form a conga line right down to the unemployment insurance office. <laughs> Agnes, it's Edwin Silver Jubilee. He's been in the theater 25 years. He deserves the honor. It was 25 years since I came to work here in the same house with him. And to think I gave up a job in the Siberian salt mines for this. <laughs> oh, Agnes, stop exaggerating. You've stood up pretty well. Sure. After I had that operation and had all my nerves removed. <laughs> Agnes, you're being silly. I'll get the phone. The residence of Edwin Montague and Lily Boehm. Agnes on this end. Huh? No kidding, baby doll, you're in town. <laughs> oh, stop that. <laughs> oh, please. Mm, all right, here. Mm. Yeah, I love you, too. Hurry up over. We're expecting you. Agnes, who was that? Montague's father. The old man. Cyril Montague himself, the greatest Shakespearean actor of all time. What a doll. But of course. He came in to attend Edwin Silver Jubilee. Oh, I hope they get along with each other this time. The battle of the century. The great Montague versus the magnificent Montague. This makes it a real jubilee. Agnes, don't provoke them. The old man came all the way from his estate in Vermont just to honor Edwin. Maybe he's finally going to admit that Edwin can act, too. <laughs> Eighty-five years old, and he has Edwin on the ropes every time. Shh. Think Edwin's up. <laughs> <laughs> 
There it is, the call of the wild goose. Agnes. Good morning, darling. Good morning, darling. Good morning, Agnes. Good morning, darling. Oh, oh, this is nice. Everybody happy, getting along. God, I feel wonderful this morning. I'm even looking forward to one of Agnes's breakfasts. I feel like living dangerously. He has to get nasty. For a second there, he had me lulled into a false sense of security. Now, now, Agnes, be happy. <laughs> I must say that's the most intelligent thing she said in 25 years. Hey, monster, you going to have breakfast here or are you going over to the blood bank for it? <laughs> Agnes, Agnes, your beautiful voice. He continues to baffle me. I don't know whether to answer you or throw you a fish. <laughs> oh, you're so good to me. Agnes, please. Uh, Lily, what plans Jarvis has at the Proscenium Club tonight? Speeches, toasts. They're doing a bust of me. And they've commissioned a painter to do me an oil. I've been wanting to do you an oil for years. Boiling oil. Oh. <laughs> a lovely Agnes with those curlers in your hair. What are you trying to do? Attract a moose? <laughs> Edwin, not today. Drink your coffee. There. Mmm. Good. You can hardly taste the arsenic. <laughs> Edwin, I have a big surprise for you. Mm. Guess who's in town? Your father. Oh. Edwin. I knew he'd do it. I knew he'd do it. He just can't see me have any success without stealing the spotlight from me. Now, Edwin, he's your father. He only comes out of retirement to make life miserable for me. All my life it's been, oh, Edwin Montague was great in Hamlet... But you should have seen his father do it. Plays he wasn't even in. They still said you should have seen his father do it. Edwin, that's all past. Now, he's here to honor you. He wouldn't take any of the spotlight away from you. He wouldn't? <laughs> Lily, my father would steal a bow from an animal act. <laughs> oh, Edwin. Lily, he's just jealous of my great success in the theater. Jealous? Cyril Montague jealous? Why, Edwin, your father is history. The greatest Shakespearean actor this country has ever known. You see, Lily? He's not even in the house yet, and I'm suddenly a nothing. <laughs> Lily, if he'd only realized that I'm a grown man, a great actor, he still thinks I'm some amateur who needs his acting lessons. Edwin realized this. Your father, in his old age, came all the way to New York just to be present when they honor you on your Silver Jubilee. Lily, he's my father. I know him better than anybody else. I don't trust him. <laughs> now, Edwin, I, I just know that finally the two of you are going... Oh, that's your father, Agnes. I'll get the door. Welcome, Mr. Montague. Agnes, come here, you lovely wench. Give me a kiss. <laughs> let me go, let me go. Ow! <laughs> He benched me. <laughs> Lily! Gad, you get more luscious each year. Hello, Dad. Kiss me, you little devil. <laughs> Dad. Ooh. Watch yourself, honey. He's a pincher. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. May I interrupt this orgy long enough to say hello to my father? Hello, Sonny. <laughs> 
Ah, Father, to think you came all the way to New York just to share. Did you remove, will you? <laughs> Still talking like you've got marbles in your mouth, aren't you? Oh, Dad, don't start again. I spent my whole life trying to teach you how to speak correctly and what comes out. You think you came all the way? Oh, Dad, please. And stop whining. I told you 10,000 times, if you want to be an actor, speak out. Project through the mouth, Sonny, not the nose. Dad, please, I spent my whole life hearing that. And you didn't learn a thing. From the abdomen. <laughs> not who think you came all the way Dad. to the door. Dad, sit down and have some breakfast with us. Yes, Dad, have breakfast. As Macbeth said, give to what? Pay attention, Sonny. <laughs> Give to us our meat, sleep to our nights, free from our feasts and banquets, bloody knives. Beautiful, Dad. Wasn't it, Edwin? Yeah. <laughs> Agnes, you must be finished mutilating the breakfast by now. Bring it in. Here are the eggs, toast, sausages. Dig in, folks. Oh, here, let me help you, Dad. Thank you, Lily. So, they're giving you a silver jubilee, eh, Sonny? Well, Dad, after all, it's been... Stop talking with your mouth full of food, Sonny. <laughs> Worst mannered boy in the world. The money I wasted sending him to school. All right, Father, all right. Look at him. Wipe the egg off your face. Straighten your tie. Appearance, son, appearance. <laughs> Look, Dad, I... You can't be an actor and be sloppy. Appearance is everything. How many times have I told you, if you walk into a producer's office looking like a pig, you'll never get a job? Edwin! Father, please try and understand this for the last time. I am not a young actor looking for a job. I spent 25 years on the stage as a big star. So please stop talking to me as though I were about to play my first role in a high school play. This is the curse of being in the theater, Lily. You never have time to bring your children up right. <laughs> well, after all, Dad, Edwin was one of the biggest stars in the theater. Thank you, Lily. I was beginning to think you had forgotten, too. Big star. <laughs> in my day, you couldn't carry the spear for our stars. We were giants in our days. E.H. Southern, Edwin Booth, your godfather, Sonny. <laughs> David Warfield and me, Cyril Montague. Now, look, Dad, you weren't the only great actor. Please, Edwin, I didn't come here to argue. You know I'm proud of you. Well, coming from you, thanks. I never denied it. Sonny, you've gone about as far as a man could go without talent. <laughs> Oh, how I love this man. I'm not going to sit here and listen to this. Edwin, stay here. Ah, Lily, I'll never forgive myself. I should have sent him to dental school. <laughs> dental school? It's this tooth that hurts, Doc. Quiet. <laughs> Father, I'm not a baby. I'm a grown man. I'm 43 years old. 43? Why, Edwin... Quiet, Lily. Every year you push him up, I go with him. <laughs> <laughs> what a family. Oh, now let's talk. We've got so many things to talk about. Uh, Jarvis, the president of the proscenium club, is coming up here to discuss final plans for Edwin's jubilee. Jarvis, that little scamp. <laughs> Why, he was one of my pages when I did King Richard III. Now, there's a boy that made a name for himself in the theater. 
Jarvis, Dad, Jarvis always played second leads to me. I was the star. I know, Sonny. It was my name that did it for you. <laughs> Lily, what am I to do? Now, Dad, stop badgering Edwin. I'll get the door. It's Jarvis. Agnes, is he here? Here I am, Jarvis, old friend. I meant your father, Mr. Cyril. Has he arrived yet? How did you know? Jarvis, my lad. Oh, oh, it's, it's the master. <laughs> Jarvis, stop slobbering and get off your knee. Rise, Jarvis. I still remember, Mr. Richard. I still remember Edwin and I with you in Hamlet. Scene two. Let's do it. And now, Laertes, what's the news with you? You told us of some suit. What is it, Laertes? My dread lord, you're leaving favor to return to France to show my duty in your coronation. Have you your father's leave? What says Polonius? He hath the lord run from me, my son. He hath the lord run from me, Old Mr. Marbles in the mouth, ruining the scene as he always did. I ruined the scene. I ruined the scene. Edwin. No, Lily, I've got to tell him. You, father, ruined those scenes for me. You were always afraid, afraid that I would outshine you. Edwin, go to your room. <laughs> I ruined the scene. In my New York debut, Macbeth, playing opposite you, in the middle of my one big scene, you held a shield in front of my face. Edwin, not in front of Jarvis. Yes, and in Hamlet. When I came running down the staircase with the news of Ophelia's death, it was loving father who tripped me. <laughs> I wound up in the orchestra's pit. Edwin, little boy should be seen and not heard. <laughs> Away with this false pretense. Father, the play is over. Let's face facts. I was a greater star than you ever were. Edwin. Montague, Montague. Your father was the master. Forgive him, Mr. Cyril. You see, Jarvis, little minds, little people. Edwin Montague apologized to your father. Oh, Dad, I... I don't know what, what got into me. I've been on edge for some time. I'm sorry. That's all right, son. I said the same thing to my father when he stepped on my toga as I was exiting in Julius Caesar. <laughs> father, I'm really thrilled that you came to be with me tonight. Well, Jarvis, are the plans all ready? Oh, yes. Thank heavens your father's telegram arrived in time. My father's telegram? Yes, we had time to change everything. Change everything about my silver jubilee? Montague, it's going to be a golden jubilee. Golden? Yes, in the nick of time, your father let us know that this was his 50th year in the theater. <laughs> tonight, tonight, Montague, we're celebrating his golden jubilee. Oh, no, I won't stand for it. It was supposed to be my silver jubilee. Edwin. Stop that whining. Montague. Montague, how could you think of being honored when it's the master's golden jubilee? Jarvis, would you please go? But Montague. Go, faithful Jarvis. I go. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> now look, sonny. If the proscenium club changes its mind... They take him away. Take him away. Now look, my little son. I own flesh and blood. This is the man I call Daddy. Sonny, respect your elders. Oh, why didn't you send me to a dental school? Now, Edwin. Please, Lily, I want to be alone. Why, just get the door. Okay. 
Uh-oh, it's Mr. Zinzer. Zinzer? Oh, hello there, Mr. Monaghan. <laughs> never mind, never mind, Zinzer. Never mind, see you later. Yeah, but I just came from the radio station. Uh, no, Mr. Zinzer, we, we changed our mind. We don't want to buy any radio. Radio? I brought you the script for your radio program. No. Radio program? Uh, look, Dad, Let now... me see that script, young man. Oh, it's a Jim Dandy. <laughs> Uncle Goodhart saves a little old... Uh, never mind, Zinzer. Wait. Wait. Uncle Goodhart. Well, sure. Mr. Montague's Uncle Goodhart on the radio. My son, a Montague, on radio? Oh. Quick, Edwin, he's fainted. Agnes, water. I get smelling salt. Gosh, he must be a real fan of yours, Mr. Montague. Uh, Zinzer, get out. Don't hit me. Out. Oh, dear, what did I do now? <laughs> Here, Dad, drink this. Never mind. Please. I want to speak to my son alone. Come, Agnes. Coming. Father, I... Quiet. Radio, is it? Edwin... When I leave your house in a few moments, it will be for the last time. I shall consider my son dead. <laughs> Father, please listen to me. No. All I know is you are the first Montague to desert the theater. You have dipped our standard into the muck. Father, I hadn't worked in eight years. There are Montagues who never worked a day in their whole lives, but they never gave up the theater. <laughs> father. Don't call me father. You are no son of mine. Edwin Montague. Uncle Goodhart. <laughs> father, they pay me $300 a week. Edwin Montague, you have earned your pound of flesh. I have 10 million listeners. Five times a week. 10 million listeners. Better you were reciting Shakespeare to one slave in the marketplace. Oh, how will this blot ever be erased from the door of the house of Montague? No one knows in the theater it's me, Edward Montague. But I know your Uncle Goodhart. The first to drop the name of Montague. The first? Well, what about you? Those escapades in Paris, London, Budapest, Atlantic City... Under the name of Gaylord Ravenel. Edwin. <laughs> How many times was the name Gaylord Ravenel entered on police blotters? Picked up in gambling saloons for being drunk and stealing a milk wagon. Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. I used the name Gaylord Ravenel to protect the name of Montague, which you have so carefully dirtied. Goodbye. Father, where are you going? To have a black band sewn on my sleeve. <laughs> oh, Dad. And when I stand up to be honored tonight at the Proscenium Club, I will have to say, Gentlemen, you honor a man who has sired a renegade and a traitor to the theater. Father, oh, you won't. You wouldn't tell. I must. Oh, Edwin, how quickly you forgot the words of Polonius to his son. Father, don't. This above all. To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Father, I've been a fool. I'm going to give up the radio program. Blood will tell. You are a Montague. Ah, what a relief. No longer to live under the shadow of shame. I'm going to that radio station for my last broadcast as Uncle Goodhart. And then I'm free. 
free. Go, my son. And so, dear listeners, we leave Melissa looking at Ronald as the prison gates close behind him, not to reopen for 55 years. And little does Melissa know that her own brother was the one who planted those stolen jewels inside Ronald's Christmas turkey. <laughs> so much for Ronald and Melissa until tomorrow. Tomorrow, dear listeners, your Uncle Goodhart may not be here in his little cottage on the sunny side of the lane. Yes, your Uncle Goodhart may go broke, but he has found that money cannot buy a clean conscience. So goodbye, dear housewives. No matter who is your Uncle Goodhart tomorrow, remember, always keep your eye high into the sun and light. <laughs> so ends another episode of Uncle Goodhart, brought to you by Shalimar Soap. And here is Uncle Goodhart with his thought for the day. If an old hungry actor comes to your door and asks for a piece of pie, don't turn him away or call your dog. Who knows? It may be I. <laughs> okay, Mr. Montague, you're off the air. For the last time. God, I can breathe again. Uh, Mr. Montague, what was that you said at the end of the program, that you weren't coming back on the air? You shouldn't scare people like that. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am through. I am quitting. Quitting? Did you say quitting? Zinza, did he say quitting? I heard him say quitting. Did you say quitting, Mr. Montague? <laughs> yes, I said quitting. Through. Finish. Is there something Zinza did? Zinza, did you do something? Did I do something? I didn't do anything. Quiet! <laughs> Mr. Montague, what will Shalimar Soap do without soap? They will continue to pass off that latherless mess on the unsuspecting public. <laughs> but, Mr. Montague, think of your listeners. What will happen to them without Uncle Goodhart to guide them? Let them go en masse to just plain Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Montague... Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Montague, we were going to surprise you. The sponsor wanted me to give you this new contract. He doubled your salary. Six hundred dollars a week. Six hundred... Death, where is thy state? <laughs> well, Mr. Montague? The name of Montague. Six hundred dollars a week. Please, you've got to stay, Mr. Montague. <laughs> Think of the sponsor. Think of your listener. Think of Ronald and Melissa. Gentlemen, I am only thinking of one thing. Six hundred dollars a week. <laughs> Agnes, are you sure that's what they said at the radio station when you called? That's it. They said he left over three hours ago mumbling something. Well, what could have happened to him? He has to dress for Dad's Golden Jubilee. Oh, that must be Edwin. Come in. Oh, it's you, Dad. Yes, it is. Spent all afternoon wanting to go into a theater to see a play. Nothing to see. Young pups like Maurice Evans, John Gilgood, Cedric Hardwick. 
He gadded the theater to become a refuge for chorus boys. Where's Sonny? I'm worried. I'm worried. He should have been home hours ago. Oh, come in. It's him. Thank heavens. Hello, Edwin. Hello, six hundred... Uh, uh... <laughs> I mean, hello, Lily. Agnes. Dad. Well, Edwin... Do you come to me with clean hands, son? <laughs> well, father... Did you quit, my boy? Well, not exactly. My boy is dead. <laughs> no, father, I was tempted by money. I couldn't tell them then, but they will be up here any minute. I asked them to come for an answer. I've been walking around all day thinking of the answer. And that answer, my son? No. I'm through with radio. I shall remain true to my heritage... The theater. My son has come back to me. I have not caught him in vain. Dad. Oh, that's Springer and Zinzer, the men from radio. Radio? I shall have to leave the room. I understand, <laughs> Dad. I understand. I may become violent when I see face to face the beasts who have corrupted my boy. Come, Dad. We'll wait in the den. Come in. Ah, Mr. Montague. Hi, Mr. Montague. Six hundred. Oh, hello, Springer, Zinzer. Well, here we are, Mr. Montague. Have you decided? Yes, gentlemen, I'm quitting. That's final. Well, I guess that's that. Yeah. Well, it's lots of fun, Mr. Montague. <laughs> sure. Well, let's go, Zinzer. Now, wait, gentlemen. You don't seem to be upset. I hope you understand. I, I'm quitting. I'm not going to be Uncle Goodhart. You're stuck with no Uncle Goodhart. Well, Mr. Montague, the greatest stroke of luck hit us. We have a new Uncle Goodhart. Yeah? Just the right voice, the right age, perfect. Yeah? And, uh, confidentially, we've already signed into a contract. He's working for only 400 a week. Yes, and who is this new paragon of radio? What was his name again, Cinder? Uh... Gaylord Ravenel. Oh! <laughs> I can still hear his words. This above all to thine own self-betrothal. Father? Father? Well, my son, have you recovered your honor? Have you removed the blemish from our name? Yes, father dear. Good boy. And now let us dress for my golden jubilee. You're presenting me, you know. Yes, Father. I can hardly wait for that breathtaking moment. I cannot wait to say, ladies and gentlemen, faithful friends of the theater, may I present my father, Uncle Goodhart. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, nothing at all. You, you wouldn't do that to your old father, your old flesh and blood. <laughs> Whatever it is, he will. <laughs> Very well. I'll tear up the contract. Is that what you want? And a promise in writing. In writing. Notarized. A promise that you will never mention the fact that you know that I am, and always will be, the original Uncle Goodhart. Very well. Thank you, Daddy, dear. Edwin, what is all this? Nothing, Lily, but when I think what my own father almost did to me... It's your own fault, son. My own fault? Yes. 
No matter how many times I've tried to teach you, you just will not remember the golden rule of the theater. Never turn your back to another actor, especially if it's your own father. Uh, that's my pop. <laughs> Join us again next Friday, same time, same station, for another transcribed visit with the magnificent Montague starring Monty Woolley. Created and directed by Nat Hyken, written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Anne Seymour was Lily Boehm, Pert Kelton was Agnes. Included in tonight's cast were Johnny Gibson, Art Carney, John Griggs, and Gavin Gordon. Jack Ward at the organ. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for